Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 31. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Immediately, he made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the ninth and final sermon of the summer sermon series that's been focused on spiritual gifts. Today, the gift we are focused on is faithfulness. Who has this gift? What does it mean to be faithful? No doubt, faithfulness is a gift of the Spirit that's hard to come by and worth taking the time to celebrate. This morning, we have two scripture lessons to help us think about the subject. The first, read by our beetle, Larissa, is one which describes Joshua who chose faith and encouraged the Israelites to do the same. It's a well-known passage, often quoted. Back in the days when I cut grass for a living, I remember working at one Buckhead mansion where the words, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, were engraved on a granite slab right outside the front door. That's Joshua 24:15, the most famous line from the scripture lesson we just heard read. Joshua, who led the people after Moses, made this faithful declaration so that no one would forget the faithful God who had brought them up out of slavery and into the promised land. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And all the people responded saying, far be it for us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, who did great deeds in our sight and protected us all along the way as we went. In other words, they responded to Joshua by saying, if you choose to be faithful, so do we. Joshua then modeled faithfulness. 
He chose to be faithful to God. He stood up in public and he, and he made that promise, just as we have seen people do, uh, saying to one another things like, for richer and for poorer, in sickness and in health, in joy and in sorrow. That's what couples promise each other at a wedding during the ceremony. Two people stand before a congregation and promise to be faithful to one another. I choose you over and above all the others, they say. I will not falter. I will not stop choosing you. Likewise, Joshua chose God over and above all the other gods. Following his example, the people did the same, only here's the problem. Their faithfulness didn't last very long. In fact, Joshua dies. The people living in the promised land where they're surrounded by these new people and all these different gods, little by little, fall to temptation. They abandon their convictions like prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. They, they squander their inheritances on loose living and wander far from home. In fact, by the time we get to the book of Judges chapter 2, just two pages after our first scripture lesson, we read that the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and worshiped the bells and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. The book of Judges goes on to describe how God appointed righteous men and righteous women who were called judges to lead the people. And those faithful leaders helped. Yet the book ends with this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. Sound familiar? Too many of us have a hard time with faithfulness. While we are card-carrying, church-going, committed Christians, we are all tempted to leave the God we love, to abandon the standards that God has provided in this fallen world, and from time to time we fall. We all forget what God has done in the past and we wander from his presence. We don't always do what is right. Instead, we do what is right in our own eyes. As a people, we struggle with faithfulness. So even Jesus says, if you have but faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. Yet for as long as I've been watching, Kennesaw Mountain has been right where it's always been. <laughs> Why? Because faithfulness is hard. We get afraid. We lose heart. We are all prone to wander from the fold of God. We are like Peter. Peter might be the most popular disciple. My favorite is Thomas, who doubts. But a lot of people love Peter, who sinks. <laughs> in our second scripture lesson, the disciples were in a boat 
Jesus had dismissed the crowds who he had just fed. There was a crowd of 5,000 which Jesus fed with five loaves and two fish. When's the last time you saw something like that happen? The disciples witnessed a miracle. I'm sure that such a sign inspired in the disciples some faithfulness. But their faithfulness was short-lived for, for after the waves pushed them out and the, and the wind pushed them out into the sea during the night, they saw a figure walking on the sea towards them and they did not assume it was Jesus coming out to them. They assumed it was a ghost. Why would they be terrified and why would they assume that it was a ghost coming out to them? It's because faithfulness is hard. If the Israelites were faithful sometimes but not all the time, if the disciples were faithful sometimes but not all the time, here's my point. If neither the Israelites nor the disciples were faithful all the time, what chance have we? Mortal faithfulness wavers. Doesn't it? Sometimes we feel the Spirit, and it just about seems like we believe beyond the shadow of a doubt, but send us out into the world, and the questions start coming. We want to know why do bad things happen. We want to know when our suffering will be over. Friends, I've had headaches so bad that if the Buddha would have walked up to my bedside and offered to take my pain away, I might just have converted then on other, and other times, I've seen miracles which inspired in me such faithfulness that I, I thought, well, maybe I'll just try to move that mountain. If you've ever felt the, the same way, then you can understand how it was that Peter went for walking out on the water with Jesus, then sinking down to his armpits the next. We believe, O oh Lord. Help our unbelief. That's our prayer. To Peter, he asked, You of little faith, why did you doubt? That's such a good question, and it's one that I don't have the answer to. I don't know why it was that Peter doubted. I don't really know why I doubt, but I am standing up here in front of you to let you know that I do. I doubt, I sink, I worry, I wander. I feel full of faith one day, then full of anxiety the next day, and I'm a pastor. <laughs> How can a man like me be a pastor? How can one who doubts be a preacher? Let me tell you, the name to write down on your card this morning is not Joe Evans. The name to write down on your card is Jesus. That's what makes me a pastor. I point to the one who is always faithful. That's what makes us Christians. It's not that we are perfect. It's that we know who is. It's not that we are perfect examples of faithfulness all the time. It's that we know the one who picks us up when we sink down into the waters of doubt. I hope you all received a card this morning. Everybody got their card? If you got a card, grab your card and 
and grab the pen and the pew rack right in front of you. If you don't have a card, just write this on the back of your bulletin. I am grateful for Jesus' gift of faithfulness. This time, this Sunday, there's not a box to put these cards in. We have used up all our windows, and there's no window, nor is there a box to put your card in this morning. After eight weeks of thinking of those who have been given gifts of the Spirit, don't think too much about who you're going to write down today. There is only one name worthy of being written on your card this morning. Take out your pen, take out your card, and write down the name of Jesus. This summer, we've been celebrating and giving thanks to God for those who have been given the gifts of generosity, artistic expression, encouragement, evangelism, hospitality, discernment, administration, and teaching. We've been thinking of people who have embodied those gifts to us, writing their names down on our cards, giving thanks to God for people in our lives who have made a difference to us using their spiritual gifts. But do not think much about it this morning. Let me give you the answer. The name that is above every name when it comes to faithfulness is Jesus. Jesus is faithful. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, to use that great verse from the book of Hebrews. While our faith wavers at times while Peter took his eyes off Jesus did Jesus ever take his eyes off of Peter we all know that he didn't the first time they met Jesus gave him the name Peter which is the Greek word for rock Jesus named him rock or Petros or Peter because Jesus said that on this rock Peter I'm going to build my church did Peter seem up to the task? No. But Jesus does not call the qualified. Jesus qualifies the called. When Jesus called him, Peter followed along the way he stumbled. His life was full of ups and downs. When Jesus called him out of the water just a couple steps, what did he do? He sank. Later, when Jesus was arrested and someone recognized Peter as a compatriot, Peter denied him three times. Was Peter faithful? Sometimes. But that's not the point. Jesus was faithful to Peter all the time. Jesus has been faithful to me. Friends, the first time I preached a sermon... The preacher who invited me to preach told me that my sermon was 12 minutes long, which is the right length. <laughs> that was the only good thing he could think to say. <laughs> Perfection is out of our reach. Our hope is not in attaining it. Our hope is in Jesus who has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so when you think about spiritual gifts this morning, as you think about the spiritual gifts that God has given you, remember his faithfulness. For he knows about our failure. He knows how we falter. He knows that we are not perfect. Remember how he was up there on the cross and looking down at the crowd who put him there. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. Do you remember that? 
Remember that he does not give up on you, but remains faithful. Remember that when you finally get up your nerve to try hospitality on for size and you take some brownies over to your neighbors and she asks you if they're gluten-free and you feel like the whole experience is ruined. <laughs> and you'll never get it right. Remember then in that moment that a saint is just a sinner who falls down and gets back up again. Peter sunk. Jesus lifted him up. Thomas doubted. Jesus helped his unbelief. When we show up with our gifts and we offer them to the world, don't think that it is going to all go perfectly because perfect is beyond us. Don't allow the pursuit of perfection to get in the way of answering the call. For we are all called to use the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of the world. Never allow perfect to get in the way of good. Never allow your fear of failure to keep you from trying. For the love and acceptance of Almighty God does not hinge on our ability to be faithful. If it did, God would have given up on us long ago, way back in the Garden of Eden, way back at the time of the flood, back with Abraham, back with Moses, back with Joshua. The Bible is not in account of human faithfulness. Instead, the Bible is an account of human failure and the persistent faithfulness of the God who will not let us go. Amen. Our God is faithful, friends. Our Jesus is faithful. So raise your card up with me one more time. Raise your card up with me, and this time I want you to read what's written on it. Read it with me. I'm grateful for Jesus' gift of faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia. Or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.